This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So, um, been kind of a tough week for uh, the basketball world. Uh, Caleb Swanigan, former Purdue star, McDonald's All-American, Indiana Mr. Basketball, um, passed away at the age of 25. Um, been a tough week for that. And um, I just wanted to come on talk about Biggie. And then uh, it's the same day as the NBA draft, the day I'm recording this. So not going to talk too much about the draft, but um, got some stuff that I think is relevant to it. And then talk about the Kyrie Irving situation, why um, whatever the fit is going to be um, is probably not the team that you're thinking of. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. Okay, so... Um, Caleb Swanigan, just um, one of those stories where if you were back in 2017, um, even if you weren't in Indiana or a big Purdue or IU, whatever, Big Ten fan, you were hearing about him because he was such an inspiring story. And unfortunately, what made his story inspiring also led to eventually the cause of his death and um it's a tough thing to watch because I've been following Caleb Swanigan since I don't know 20 late 2014 2015 there um just because my dad he always kept up with who could go to Purdue or, like, who's in Indiana who's, like, a top recruit. Biggie was a top recruit, and um, he was going to be on the lookout. I mean, we're looking out for Purdue and saying, like, hey, he might go there. We don't know. And um, it was also part of where Roosevelt Barnes, who was um, – I don't know if he was exactly his adopted father, but he was living with him and, you know, he was being raised by him essentially ever since he was, I don't know, 10 or 12 maybe in that range. But he went to Purdue. He was a football player, basketball player. And um, so we were saying, yeah, um, pretty good chance he's going to Purdue and it'd be a really good because we Purdue hasn't had that great success with getting top recruits ever since Etwan Moore to that point. And that that was pretty much the best recruit that we've had in the past few years at that point. So we're following him, we get the news on him. Uh he commits Michigan State. And the first thing I think of is Gary Harris. Because Gary Harris's mom was an incredible athlete at Purdue. And I don't know if everyone thought it was a sure thing that he was going to go to Purdue, but he went to Michigan State. Now he's in the NBA. And that was my first thing. I'm like, what is up with all these? Obviously, you got to let the kids make their own decision. Like, I get that. But, I mean, when 
you have a family history at a certain college, I think a lot of people tend to like favor that college more. And that's even like outside of athletics. Like I feel like your parents went to a certain school, like you're going to favor that school just because, I mean, it's where your parents went. They know everything about it and it'll be easier on you to understand the school. So it's like, man, what is going on? And, uh, it was just a verbal commitment though. He never, I don't think he ever, well, yeah, he clearly didn't sign because like, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe a month later. I don't, I'm not exactly sure on the timeline. It's been so long ago. He, um, he decommits and we're like, whoa, hang on. And at that point it was essentially Purdue looking at his, uh, ESPN recruiting all the schools that he was offered, he was offered by Purdue, Kentucky, Arizona, California, Chicago State, Duke, and Michigan State. So you're, you're in there with a lot of blue bloods. And um, you were wondering, it's like, man, is he really going to go to Kentucky? I don't really want to see that just because, like, you know, Kentucky. I Just, I don't know. People around here don't really favor Kentucky too well. So we were like, man, if he goes to Kentucky, I don't know what I'm going to do. And um, he goes to Purdue. And it was an incredible time. He was at Homestead in Fort Wayne. He won a state championship in his senior year. Got Indiana Mr. Basketball. The first Indiana Mr. Basketball to go to Purdue since Glenn Robinson. That's a, and that's a long time to go without an Indiana Mr. Basketball, especially when you're in the state of Indiana. And um, it was great. Made it to the Big Ten Championship against Michigan State. And you're thinking, oh, man, Biggie's going to – he's going to have, like, a revenge tour against Michigan State here. And he did throughout his whole career at Purdue. He had really good games against Michigan State, like incredible games. I was watching uh, highlights the other day because it was posted on Twitter. He's being guarded by Miles Bridges, who's like an NBA player who, not really a star, but he's a solid contributor in the NBA. And he's cooking him. Like, he really is. And just one of those things where you thought that, like, man, Purdue, if we win the Big Ten championship, um, it's going to be great. And then we lose. Um, Biggie took the last shot, which um, to that point, he never really had that outside shot yet. And we were kind of like, what or what was that? And um, end up losing, get to the NCAA tournament, first round um, against Arkansas Little Rock. Like, oh, easy. I don't even know who the school is. How wrong everyone would be as Purdue would lose to Arkansas Little Rock and eventually um, leading on to the curse of Chris Beard absolutely kicking in Matt Painter's teeth about every time we saw them except for this last meeting against Texas in the 2021 tournament 2022 tournament um, so at that point a few weeks later um 
that was right around when um my dad was getting sick and it would eventually lead to um him dying with complications of the flu and um i remember it was still one of those things where i didn't know the severity of it people were it was the flu i mean come on it's the flu right um so i'm every now and then he's would he would just be resting all day come out of his room and then i would be and then i got the news saying hey uh swanigan's going to the draft and he didn't hire an agent at that point but i mean swanigan still had a pretty good year and you're like man he could probably go if um he if he was getting good um reviews from gms and all that and um all all my dad said was he'll be back and about three to two days later um i mean it was still just that was yeah he just said he'd be back and uh, a month later he said he came back so um the the one thing about this biggie thing is that so much of my memories of him are tied to my dad all the way from watching him through his recruitment, watching a freshman year at Purdue. His freshman year at Purdue was my freshman year in high school. And it was, I would always watch the, that class at Purdue just because like, Hey, I, I'm basically going to grow up with these guys. Right. Because we're going to like each year, we're going to be the same grade, but not like same year of class. Obviously. I mean, I'm a freshman in high school. He's a freshman in college. Like, I'm, these are going to be my guys. And that was the same with Ryan Klein. He was that class, too. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where, um, yeah, I'm just always tied to him in that way. And I think that's why this loss hit me harder than a lot of other ones probably would just because I mean my whole last year with my dad was around just watching Purdue basketball I mean obviously there were other moments in that final year but I mean we're just watching Purdue basketball and rooting for Biggie just because we knew the story with him his father was a was addicted to crack. He was out in Utah living under a bridge. He was homeless, in and out of homeless shelters all the time. His father died at the age of 50 due to complications with diabetes. He was almost 500 pounds when he died. And Biggie, he had to lose a ton of weight. He was like 360 in 8th grade. 360 pounds as an 8th grader. And then in four years, he becomes a McDonald's All-American in Indiana Mr. Basketball. Completely insane. And then, you know, sophomore year happens. And that's the one thing everyone talks about with Kale. It was like, hey, this guy was obese back in the day. Like, like five years ago, this kid was obese. Or like six years ago, whatever. And, um, 
it was just a, a great story, and that year he went off. I mean, he had a double-double about every game. About every game he had 20 rebounds. It's something that I don't think we'll ever see happen as often again in college basketball, at least for a while. I think that, like, he was the first person to do that so many times, I think since, like, DeMarcus Cousins. And that was, what, 09? Or 2010, I guess. But, um... Yeah, and you watch them in that year, and they do good in the tournament, make it a couple rounds, end up losing to Kansas that had Josh Jackson, and we knew he was going to be a lottery pick. I mean, it hurt, the loss hurt, but, I mean, what do you want to do? It's Kansas. It's a powerhouse. You obviously want to beat those powerhouses, but, I mean, that Kansas team was pretty good. And then... um. You knew after that loss that Swangen had to leave. He was a Wooden Award finalist. A, a Wooden Award finalist that I still think he was robbed of. Went to Frank Mason that year. And I just don't see... When you're the fir- when you're one of the first people to have so many games with 20-plus rebounds since DeMarcus Cousins... I, and I get it, I don't think Cousins was in the Wooden Award finalist or National Player of Year finalist... But still, I mean, you're watching a historic season and give it to Frank Mason, which put even more salt in the wound because Frank Mason just beat us in the tournament. It didn't really matter because none of them really held up in the NBA. Swanigan went 26 overall to the Trailblazers. And first thing I did, first thing I did, I went on NBA.com, NBA store, and I started looking for a Swanigan jersey. First thing I did. Took a couple days, but it was finally there. I have that. I got that jersey. I bought it. Um, I still have that jersey. Oh, by the way, the other thing that Purdue did in his sophomore year was win the Big Ten championship, regular season championship, extending their lead all time over IU. I missed that game. That was one of the few games that year I did not watch. It was on a I think a Thursday, and I had a I had a basketball game that day, and at that point my coach was a fan of IU, and um, we never obviously you're focused on the game throughout, but once you get on the bus and you see you get that ESPN notification saying that Purdue has won, that the the Big Ten turn the, the regular season championship, you start talking mad crap, don't care. About everyone on that bus was an IU fan except for me and a couple of my buddies. And you're just talking. All you're doing is talking. I don't even think we won that game. But, I mean, that bus ride, I mean, we're still able to joke about it. And, man, Biggie was just so important in that. And I also got to talk, one of my other um, fair moments about Swanigan in that season is that I think I've talked about this on the pod before. I think it was the Purdue-IU rivalry um, pod. My His sophomore year at IU, coming down to the wire, it's Thomas Bryant against Biggie Swanigan. It was the matchup everyone was really looking for. 
and both of them have four fouls. And it's about two minutes left in the game, I think. There wasn't a lot of time. And Thomas Bryant drives in. Biggie, I might be biased to this, but I don't really care, gets position, draws a charge. Easy. Go the other way. Purdue's going to win this game. But the refs are starting to talk. You're like, what are they talking about? There's no... I mean, if they're arguing about position, I guess that's fine. But, I mean, if they look at the replay, it's obvious. And they call a double foul. Because, honestly, in my opinion, if you call that fifth foul on Thomas Bryant, Assembly Hall's going to go crazy and, like, it's going to be it's gonna be bad for the rest. It's going to be a bad night. So they call a double foul, right? And my thing is, and every single, if you go back and you listen to any broadcast on that game, it's the biggest cop-out I think I've ever heard of. And I did a game this year for trying where it was called a double foul on a charge block. And I had to go into it. I'm like, how is it possible? Like, seriously. If you are, I get it. If you're not in position, that's a block. But if you're not in position and the person is being aggressive, like dropping their shoulder into you, the position doesn't matter at that point. They drop that shoulder, that's of charge. 100%. There's no way around it. And that still makes me mad to this day. If you haven't um, seen it, there's a great um, show called The Journey Big Ten Basketball. They did that whole game. And um, you can hear all the radio broadcasters and all that. Dumbest call I've ever seen in my life. Anyway. But, um, back to the Trailblazers. Biggie was drafted. He was drafted after Zach Collins. And it was one of those things where it's kind of like, why... I don't know why you draft both Collins and Swanigan. But, to me... Well, I think they traded for Collins. But to me, I was like, alright, Biggie's gonna be out... He's gonna beat out Collins. No, no doubt. What's Zach Collins going to do against Biggie Swanigan? Well, he did. Um, he ended up making the team more. Still in the league. Swanigan. Uh, he was traded to uh, Sacramento at that point. But I still have that Swanigan jersey in my closet. And um, I, I never bring it out too much. And I really need to just because it wasn't, it was one of those few times where in a long time where I was able to be able to get a jersey of someone from Purdue. Cause like maybe if when I would, if I had better internet back in the day, I could have bought a Etwan Moore, Juwan Johnson, Robbie Hummel jerseys. But at this point, I was just able to get the Swanigan jersey, and I loved it. I never really wore it just because I'm not a big fan of, like, wearing jerseys, like, on its own. But, man, it's still in my closet. Uh, I'm going to put it in a frame just because um, it means so much. And, um, yeah, Biggie, I mean... He went a few years in the league, 
Sacramento, Portland. Started out in Portland, went to Sacramento. I think it went back to Portland. Um, did not make um, the 2020 bubble, and he was released by the Trailblazers. And from then on, like a few months later, someone posted a picture of him, and he's back to almost like he looked like he was back to 350 pounds. And Damian Lillard, who, and it was amazing to see Lillard say this, is that if you're posting this out of genuine concern, that's fine. But if you're really just posting it to be like, oh my, oh my God, look at this, look at this guy and start laughing about him, you need to take this down. It's like, you need to realize this guy's going through something. And Biggie always was. Always was going through something. Three of his five siblings were, um, imp- were not in prison, but they were arrested. Homelessness. And, a, and genetics that would lead him to have to work harder to keep that weight off. I was reading an Indy Star article by Greg Doyle saying that before that Kansas game in the NCAA tournament, he saw Biggie on an elliptical bike in a sweatsuit trying to keep that weight off. Just insane. Then, you know, his dad dying at an early age, the age of 50. Not easy to go through. Promise, I promise you on that. It's really not. 50 years old. Not, a, not enough time. Especially when you're in middle school or high school. Too short. Biggie was even shorter. 25 years old. His heart just gave out on him. Apparently, he was... Well, he was arrested back a while. He was arrested a while ago, and around I think around Fort Wayne, I think. Um, so when he was arrested, he was almost four hundred pounds. And you see this, and that was the first thing I thought, especially when I heard it was natural causes. I'm like, man, just unbelievable. But when you see it, you kind of knew what the problem was. And it's not a problem. It's it's something that he just wasn't able to deal with because it was just what he was. I mean, like, that's hard to keep all that weight off, especially when you have a dad who struggled with obesity. Like, that's genetic. That's not a problem. That's just genetic. And, um... Just heartbreaking. It really, really was. I didn't believe it at first. I was... Lying in bed, recovering from wisdom tooth. I got my wisdom teeth removed. Just lying in bed, recovering. Get a text. All it was was a screenshot. And, um, it's tough. 
and the outpouring of people that you saw all over Twitter, it really didn't make me want to log on Twitter for a day just because so much sadness throughout this and a lot of people just saying, be sure to check in on your people just because you never know what they're going through. If they need your help, you never know. Check in on your people. Tell them you love them. And um, I couldn't agree more. It really um, enlightened me to check in on your people. But I've always been like, you know, tell your loved ones that you love them. Every time. Doesn't matter what circumstances are if you're pissed if you're mad excuse me if you're not who cares just always always and um yeah just rest in peace biggie um i have my condolences go out to the swangin family the barnes family everyone that has been touched by him i I'm here with you. Believe me. Still have a poster with Biggie on it. I took it down a couple weeks ago. I think I'm going to put it back up. Tragic. Absolutely tragic. So, with that, Biggie, we love you. Um, just... One of the more inspiring stories, um, not really having a happy ending. I wish I was saying the opposite, but just is not the case. Okay, as I mentioned earlier... It's the day of the NBA draft, a uh, time of excitement for me. Been looking forward to this ever since the finals ended. By the way, shout out to the Warriors, NBA champions once again. Um, yeah, just wanted to say that. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I was we were talking about the MVP award and how, and it was also like my problem with insider reporting. And what did I say a couple weeks ago? The NBA draft has been ruined for me. You cannot go onto Twitter without being ruined for the draft. You can't even go, if you follow anyone like on SportsWise, on Snapchat or anything like that, Instagram, whatever, cannot go on it. Social media is done for today. I put out my tweet today. I don't know if any of you saw it, but um, Adrian Wojnarowski at, let's see, I took this screenshot at 947 this morning. And we'll see. I don't even know when the actual tweet came out. Give me a second here. I can see. Uh, 8.41 a.m. Just under 12 hours away from the NBA draft. Adrian Wojnarowski tweets. As team boards finalize today, the 1-2-3 of the NBA draft is increasingly firm per sources. Jabari Smith to Orlando. Chet Holmgren to Oklahoma City, Paulo Bancaro to Houston. What are we doing? Like it's tw- it's twelve hours. 
if you can't wait, not, and I know I've said it like, Woj and Shams are always fighting for it, and it's just like, oh, I don't understand. And after this, I saw this, I just put out a tweet, and the fun of, and the fun of the draft is ruined once again. So, thanks, Woj. Really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, don't make it fun for anyone. It's not like the draft is one of my fondest memories as a kid in terms of basketball. But no, here's what we gotta do. That's all we gotta do. And it's just, God. Like, what are we doing? <sighs> All right, so let's talk about that. Jabari Smith going to Orlando. I really, and someone said that I was like, this was the expected um, top three. It's like, well, yeah, the top three was expected, but I don't think the order was expected. I've heard rumors that like Jabari Smith was fighting for number one with Chet. I really thought that Chet was going to go to Orlando. Um, I thought Paolo was going to go to Oklahoma City. And then, I don't know. I mean, the Rockets just traded uh, Christian Wood. I don't know if Paolo Bencaro. I mean, he's kind of a four. I mean, I wouldn't put him at a four. So, I mean, I guess it's a good replacement. I think that you would rather have Jabari Smith in Houston, but um, I don't know. So there we go with that. Um, draft's been ruined once again. Um, you're listening to this on Friday or whenever you are, so it doesn't matter to you. You already know the order. But, um, yeah, this makes me mad. Just like, Woj, I hope the bag was worth it. I hope that you got $100,000 for each pick that you're going to get early tonight. You're going to make $300,000. $3 million. And it's just... Uh, it's probably not $100,000. It's probably like... I don't know. I probably 10k per thing that you get over. I don't know. This is what journalism is now. Just get everything as fast as you can. I'd rather have a story, you know. Or, you know, let the anticipation build, you know, and make it interesting cuz now like what are you going to do if you're ESPN? You're going to talk to Woj for five minutes and like, well, you know, yeah, this one, what's this going to fit? It's going to be, they're going to talk about why Jabari Smith fits in Orlando. Instead of looking at all the Orlando fans going back and forth, like wondering, who do you think we're going to take? They're just going to be sitting there, probably drinking a beer in the stands going like, yep, I already know, Jabari Smith, let's go. It's just not fun anymore. So, officially, at 10.50 a.m., I'm going to be off Twitter the rest of the day. So, probably until Jaden Ivey gets drafted, then I'll do something. But, um, even, well, I don't even think it matters if you're on Twitter. Because as soon as, like, Woj has it, they're, t it's like, Woj, what do you have? And he's like, well, I know we're at pick number five now, but I already have the next 15 picks figured out. And you're like, oh my god. Stop it. All right, that's my piece on that. But, um, this kind of feeling nostalgic. We're going back to about last summer where I was doing basketball news. But I feel like all this news is so important that I just couldn't let it slide. 
And um, next piece of news is the Kyrie Irving situation. He wants out of Brooklyn, which he kind of doesn't have leverage. But um, we'll see what happens with that. Just because um, everyone's saying, oh my God, he's going to go to Lakers. He's going to be with LeBron. We're going to have Kyrie and LeBron again. I was like, and my first thought in this is, if you're Kyrie, do, can you really go to the Lakers and team up with LeBron again? Obviously, you can. But there's a couple factors here. One, he has to take a significant pay cut. He has to take out $30 million on his contract because all the Lakers can give him is $6 million, probably thanks to Russell Westbrook. Then if you're Lakers, you probably have to get rid of Russell Westbrook, which is easier said than done because uh, the Pacers turned down Russell Westbrook. Thank God. Turned down Malcolm Brogdon. And, um, yeah, so Russell Westbrook trying to, um, he's got to make his way out for Kyrie to work. But also, when Kyrie left Cleveland to go to Boston, he says, I want to have my own team. That's all I want. I want my own team. He's like, I don't really want to have someone kind of babysitting me. I want to be the man. If you go to team up with LeBron, you're just straight up admitting, it's like, hey, I should have stayed in Cleveland. We could have won a few more championships. So, to me, it's like, if I'm Kyrie, how much do I want to win over how much do I, like, how good is my word? Because Kyrie's always someone who gets slandered for everything he says. I mean, there's a flat earth thing. There was this whole debacle over this past year with um, the Nets and the whole mandates and all that. I won't, I'm not getting into it. But he's someone that has always been in the news for his opinions. And people are like, this is weird, right? Like, uh, you can't. <laughs> this doesn't really make sense. And I just know that everyone will be pouncing on him. I know I'm not the only one who had to have thought of this. Like, LeBron, like, his clear statement was, I'm going to be the man. Like, I want my own team. And I guarantee people were saying when he teamed up with KD, oh, I thought he wanted to be the man. He kind of was the man at that point. But, um, yeah, I don't, if you're Kyrie, I don't think you can go. And... I don't think the contract factors as much as people think just because he's a Nike athlete. He has a signature shoe. He has plenty of money coming in. Kyrie's are one of the more popular shoes on the market. I'm pretty sure he'll be all right with taking a pay cut. But to me, it's like, I really don't think that I can go team up with LeBron again after that. After I'm saying, I don't really want someone... Um, babying me essentially it's like I want my own team I want to be the man well can't really be the man when you're teamed up with LeBron <laughs> like honestly and um yeah other people are saying what are the other options here for Kyrie Lakers are number one um it might be a sign and trade because for Russ, we don't really know. All I know is that if the Nets are going to have Russ and Ben Simmons, 
as a backcourt. Oh, uh, yeah, Kevin Durant's got to leave. After that, uh, the Clippers are another one. I wouldn't mind this, but I was listening to, I was watching a video, I think it was Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo talking about this, and they were saying, yeah, Clippers sounds good on paper. It's like, yeah, Paul George, Kawhi, and Kyrie sounds awesome, but it's like, none of these guys would like play together because they're always injured. Something's always going on. So it look good on paper. The Knicks are another one. I mean, if you're the Nets, you cannot allow this to happen. You cannot let him just go to the Knicks because I, I don't know. And also, I don't think the Knicks, they wouldn't be any better with Kyrie, would they? I mean, they had Kemba Walker and they benched him. So, I don't know. The Heat are another one. You would have to do something with Kyle Lowry. I don't think he would want to be on that team anymore. And the Suns have to do something with Chris Paul. I just do not see Kyrie and Chris Paul working well together. And those are the top five. But to me, it's like everyone's saying the Lakers are a major threat. It was like, okay, maybe. But, like... If I'm Kyrie, I would be like, yeah, put the Lakers stuff out there, but I don't really want to go there just because, you know, a few years ago, you know, 2016, 2017, I said um, I don't really want to be LeBron's second hand anymore. So, um, yeah, with that, um, interested to see what happens at the draft tonight. There's probably going to be trades. I've already been trades going on, but um, you already know them because this posted the day after the draft. But, um, yeah, probably next week do some draft analysis, maybe. Um, depending on, yeah, just what goes on throughout the week. So, um, yeah, with that, uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at DEverhard00, and I will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.